In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Welcome to Motherhood Talk Radio. My name is Suzanne Sladek-Wilson, and I'm filling in for the vacationing Sandra Beck. Don't worry, loyal listeners. Sandra will be back with you next week. I'm here with co-host Christy Holly. Hi, Christy. Well, she will be with us in just a moment. Um, Today, we've got some wonderful guests with us today. Today, we have Dana Rustiniak. She's a licensed clinical social worker and an adoption counselor. She began at the Cradle in 2000 as a birth parent counselor. The Cradle has had a long history of adoption services, creating families through adoption and finding families for children not only here in the U.S., but throughout the world. After counseling birth parents for eight years, Dana began working with prospective adoptive families in the role of adoption counselor. Dana enjoys using her knowledge and experience from working with the birth parents to help guide and prepare adoptive families during the facilitator and adoptive parents in educational workshops. Dana also received her Master's of Social Work degree in 2000 from the University of Illinois in Chicago and is a licensed clinical social worker here in the state of Illinois. Dana is going to have lots to share with us. So today, we look forward to what she has to share with us, and we are going to be talking about various subjects such as international adoption. We are also going to talk about domestic adoption. We're going to talk about what resources are available for people who are looking to adopt and also people who may are be looking for their birth parents or there's also people who are going to be looking for adoptive siblings. So those are going to be some of the topics we cover today. We are waiting on our wonderful guest host of Christy to be calling in. I'm sure she will be here any moment to be with us. Christy, are you here with us yet? Sorry? Christy? Yes. Oh, finally. We're so glad you're here. I made it. (laughs) Oh, fabulous. How was your garage sale? You know, we did pretty good. We made, for both days, we made $909. Oh, great. I know. And we only had, um, you know, we had little items. So 
Um, it went by. It went good. Sold a lot of my baby clothes. Oh, good. Um, but did so you save any or not? I say yes. I saved a ton. <laughs> so, oh, good. I know. But um, yeah, we did. We did good. I'm. I'm trying to recuperate from the from the whole thing because it's been quite a quite a little thing getting all that stuff together and out and now it's still sitting out so I gotta go put it away for maybe the next one. But how are oh, you doing? are we planning on maybe a next one? No, 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 not that. No, uh, the garage sale. Not a oh, garage next garage sale. sale. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? If my husband and dad, he'd die. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, you know, as you know, we've got Dana who's going to be fabulous today. We're very yeah. excited about this. Now, you have a personal connection to adoption, am I right? Yes, 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 yes. Could you share um, that with us? Sure. My husband uh, was adopted when he was uh, just a little baby. Um, my mother-in-law took him. He was born November 30th, and she took him home, I think, the second week of December. Oh, wow. So she got him as a baby, a baby baby, and... Um, Back then, I think it was mostly or all closed adoptions, if I'm not mistaken. So he's he's always grown up knowing that he was adopted, that somebody, you know, loved him so much that they were, you know, wanted to give him a better life. He's, he's always grown up knowing that. And when he was 16, his mom gave him the option of, you know, trying to, you know, if he wanted to find his birth mother, that she would help him. But he had always... Uh, he decided that he didn't want to do that, that, you know, his mom was his mom, and, you know, mm-hmm. that was it. So that was well, that. But then um, his mom had remarried, because she was a widow, she remarried somebody who had adopted a child also. So mm-hmm. she adopted him, so they were a family, and just recently his birth mother um, found him. So okay. I don't know if they were on a registry or not. But she contacted him, and they met, and they are actually, like, in in their lives now. How wonderful. I know. It was was pretty cool because sometimes you hear stories that it doesn't really work out when, you know, the child goes looking for, you know, a birth parent. But in this case, the birth parent found him, and and now she's she's a part of his life, and, and she comes, she lives back east somewhere, I'm not exactly sure where, but she comes, she flies out, you know, I think probably like once a month, and she gets to see um, her biological son, and they've got a child and one on the way, so she gets to see, you know, her grandchild. Oh, that's such, that's so nice that they get to be with each other, and it's it's like having an extra set of grandparents. It is. Grandmother, at least. It is, and... You know, at first, I think my mother-in-law was a little like, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but she was just kind of like, uh, she wasn't sure right. about this other person coming in at, at this <laughs> at this time, you know, because she had done all the work raising this baby, you know, raising her son, and then she comes back. But you know, they end up they're they're really you know good friends now. That's great. I know. So they both got you know a great gift. That's fantastic. A wonderful gift. So it's 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 awesome. Well, and that really truly is what adoption is is, is a gift uh, on all parties. Whether you're the birth mother or the adoptive parent, it, it's 
it is such a giving thing. It really is. I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine, you know, having to give up a child, but right. I can, I can totally imagine like getting one and loving one as much as I love my own. I mean, I don't know if that's, if I shouldn't say that or not, but right. I just, I don't know. I, these people that can give them up are, are, are a miracle. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Yes. Yes, it really is. And that's why I think it's so great that we have Dana on the show today because she's been on both sides. She's been an adoption counselor to both the birth mothers and to the prospective families. Which Hi, I think Suzanne is- and Christy. Hey, Dana, is that you? Hi, Dana. Hi. How are yeah. you guys? Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Dana. Oh, I'm so happy to do this. This is great. So. Yeah, and um, just for those of you who are listening, Dana is from The Cradle, which is located in Evanston, Illinois. But you can find out more about them on www.cradle.org, where they have a wonderful website for any questions that you have about adoption. Trust me, they are answered there. So, Dana, you've heard us talking a little bit here. Yeah, sure <laughs> And I was wondering if you could give us um, a little background information about The Cradle. Oh, I'm happy to. Um, the Cradle, um, many people who live in the Midwest and the Chicago area know The Cradle just by its name um, because it, it has such a, a legacy here. Um, the Cradle was founded in 1923, and we are a not-for-profit licensed child welfare agency, and we are located in Evanston, Illinois, and that's just north of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Cradle was founded by a woman who was touched personally by adoption, Florence Dahl Walrath, her sister in the early 1900s, um, gave birth to a, a child and had a stillborn child um, and was told that she could not have children. Um, and she set out to connect her sister with a birth mother, um, you know, using her connections through physicians. And um, suddenly she was sought out to help others in similar situations and founded the cradle all those years ago, and we've continued her, her work and her mission um, to support and guide and educate everyone going through um, either considering adoption for a child they're expecting or um, considering adopting a child. Well, that, that's great. And how many children has the cradle, um, does a, the cradle usually in a year put up for adoption or place? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I can... I think it's over 14,000 children we've placed in our years. But, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> but typically um, in a given year, um, it's close to 100, I would say, placements yeah. we do. Um, most of those placements these days are domestic adoptions um, and probably about two-thirds. And the other third of the placements we do are from international, from different countries. Wow. Um, and go ahead. Oh, um, just that... Um, Unfortunately, we've seen shrinking numbers of international adoptions because of some of the restrictions, um, but our domestic program is going strong. So Great. And we definitely are going to be talking about both aspects, both domestic and international. And we're going to be talking, I think we also said we're going to talk about some of the questions maybe a birth mother might have. Mm-hmm. Um, we also said um, we might be talking about uh, people who might be looking to find birth parents, and we talked, I think the Cradle even has a seminar coming up about that. 
mm-hmm. um, which I saw. I think, and also the cradle is on Facebook, and you can friend them on Facebook. So, um, just wanted to let you know that we are here on Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm your guest host, Suzanne Sladek Wilson, and your co-host Christy Holly is with us. Yay, Christy! Yeah. We're glad you're here. <laughs> I need it. I know. Yay! <laughs> we're so glad you're here, and we're glad Dana came back too. We had a little phone trouble over here, so we were glad that they both came back with us. So when, <laughs> when we get back from the break, we were going to be talking some more with Dana Rusiniak from the Cradle Adoption Agency about all issues related to adoption. <laughs> your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Toginet, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story. Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Hi, Mom. Thanks for coming back to Motherhood Radio with your guest host, Suzanne Sladek-Wilson, and co-host, Christy Holly. We are here with our guest, Dana Rasiniak, licensed clinical social worker and adoption counselor from The Cradle. Um, we were just getting to know more about The Cradle. Now, since you've been on both sides, we can 
ask you about various topics. And one of the first things I want to talk to you about, if someone is just starting out in the adoption process, is there any advice that you can give them, like any seminars or books or anything like that that you would recommend? Absolutely. When um, a single person or a couple is just thinking about um, exploring the idea of adoption, I would highly recommend any reading, any research um, they can do. The more you inform yourself, the better. Um, I always suggest um, even seeking out um, others who've adopted to talk to or to hear about their personal experience and their stories um, to kind of get a better sense of the different types of adoption that are out there so that a couple um, can figure out what's the right thing for them. Um, but definitely do research and reading. There's so many wonderful books out there. Um, I do have a book I, I recommend for all my families, um, and it's called Adopting Sound Choices, Strong Families, and it really covers, mm-hmm. um, you know, just every aspect um, from, you know, open adoption and yeah, different feelings about adoption that adoptive parents have. It's by um, an adoptive mom. Her name is P- Patricia Johnston. Um, she's an adoptive mom, and she speaks... Um, to adoption professionals and is just a wonderful source of information. Great. And are there some seminars I saw that are coming up uh, through the Cradle? Well, the Cradle um, hosts an informational meeting for prospective adoptive parents. Um, You don't have to be sure about anything yet, but you can um, maybe just want to learn more. Um, So we have free informational meetings. Um, I think they're every other month. The next one that's coming up is um, Saturday, August 21st, I think that's the Saturday, um, mm-hmm. in the afternoon at 1 o'clock. And then, for, and that, of course, that's in Evanston at the Cradle. And then if families can't get to Evanston or that day doesn't work, um, in September on the 16th, we actually will be hosting in a webinar. And it's basically our informational meeting. We just do it online. Um, and that's at 7 o'clock in the evening. So um, you can join us at either... Um, the live meeting or the online meeting. And for both of those, um, someone who's interested could go to our website at cradle.org and mm-hmm. sign up to attend either of those. Great. And what would be some of the steps then after the initial, you know, finding out about adoption, what would be the next steps after that? Sure. If someone, after going to an informational meeting, feels like adoption is the right path for them, um, certainly... There is an initial process of filling out um, some application materials and submitting those, um, but then really um, sitting down with a counselor to, um, you know, to learn about what, you know, what's brought them to adoption, to explore their concerns, to provide them information, um, and really help them and guide them through what we call the home study process. Mm-hmm. Um, and a home study um, is required, I believe, in all states. Um, it's something that um, it is a document that we write, um, that an agency writes about a prospective family, um, but it's also a process that they go through um, in terms of, you know, you know, counseling sessions with a counselor um, to explore their feelings about adoption, education about adopting a child and how that might be different than raising a biological child. Um, of course, there's paperwork involved. Um, and, you know, things of that nature. Um, and that's really what's entailed in a home study process, um, you know, so that a family can adopt um, in the state of Illinois and in most states that that's the case. 
Okay. And now, if people are considering adoption, is there ever an age that I had somebody ask me, is there an age that's too old to adopt or uh, is that any kind of a consideration or if they even might have children already or are any of these factors when making the adoption decision? I get asked that question, I think, almost every day. Um, (laughs) So, yes, of course, people are concerned about age limits or restrictions or, um, you know, how that factors into adoption. So for prospective adoptive parents, something that's important to know is that if you're considering adopting internationally, um, many international countries, if not all, have um, their own restrictions or limits about age. So, and it varies from country to country. So that's something to explore if you're thinking about international adoption. Mm-hmm. And at the cradle, um, for domestic adoption, I certainly can't speak to how other agencies practice, but we don't have an age limit where okay. someone's too old to come through our program. We don't have a limit like that for domestic. Um, something that I ask my clients to consider, though, is that birth parents in an open adoption are choosing adoptive parents. Um, mm-hmm. And that is something that may be a factor to a birth parent, it might not be. Um, it's just, I guess, something to be cognizant of. Okay. Um, and in terms of, of parenting other children, um, I would say, um, again, international, there's certain country restrictions, um, mm-hmm. depending on the number or gender of the children in your home and what you're hoping for. Um, so that's something you have to explore. And domestically, um, actually many families um, come to adoption after having one or more biological children mm-hmm. and either learn that they can't have a subsequent child through, um, you know, biologically um, or, you know, have just decided they want to grow their family and they want to do that through adoption instead of biology. So, um, so it's really not a factor um, domestically. Birth parents look at, at all different kinds of families and, and there will be the right adoptive family for the right birth family out there. So that sounds great. I mean, it's nice to know that there aren't those restrictions mm-hmm. that, uh, that a family that may want to grow their family in that way that it's still an option. Absolutely, yeah. Now, speaking of, you were talking about open adoption, yeah. and you used that term. Some people might not understand what the difference is between an open adoption and a closed adoption. Can you explain a little bit about that? Of course, I'm happy to. Um, most people, especially those of us in our 30s or 40s or older, um, everyone we know who was adopted, for the most part, was adopted in a closed adoption. Um, open adoption really, it was, it really was hardly existent before that, you know, before about 20 years ago. Um, and a closed adoption is what we're familiar with. It's where adoptive parents, um, raise their adopted child, and the child probably knows they're adopted, but probably doesn't have any information or much information about their background or their birth parents, um, and probably don't have any contact or way to be in contact. An open adoption is exactly the opposite, and it means different things for different people um, and, and perhaps different agencies, but at the cradle, we really think of open adoption as truly, first and foremost, it's the state of heart and mind. It really is about being open in your adoption and being open with your child about their story and being open with the extended family about how they came to be and to celebrate adoption as a wonderful part of 
part of the family and not something that should be a secret or that should be ashamed of. Um, in addition to kind of having openness in an adoption, um, another component for many domestic adoptions these days is to have direct contact with birth parents or birth family members. Um, there has been a shift in the tide of adoptions over the past 20 years, and at the cradle it's been for the past almost 10 years um, okay. that we've been practicing open adoption where birth parents um, coming to the cradle who are considering adoption for their expected child, um, they have the opportunity to um, learn about different prospective adoptive families mm -hmm. um, through something that we call a profile, and I can explain that as well. Um, and they look through these profiles and select a family that they feel um, most comfortable with or most connected to. Mm -hmm. They have the opportunity to meet the adoptive family, to get to know them, and to talk about what a relationship might look like in the future. We always say that open adoption is not co-parenting. This is not a situation where birth parents are involved in decision-making for the child or necessarily involved to day-to-day you know, parenting responsibilities um, mm -hmm. for the child. An open adoption relationship with a birth family or birth parent um, is really about having a connection like you would to extended family or close family friends. Um, so relationship looks a little bit different um, for everyone, and it can involve phone calls, letters, pictures, emails, texts, Facebook, the whole, um, everything you can imagine and all the ways we communicate these days, an open adoption relationship can have um, any of those components um, in varying amounts and um, including in-person visits. Okay. So it, that's great that there's profiles and I've seen some of the profiles through your Facebook page of, of sure. prospective parents and parents that are looking to adopt. And I, I did see that there were several that did already have a child and some of those children have been adopted uh, mm -hmm. from the cradle already, which I, I think is fantastic. Absolutely. And, we love when cradle families come back for a subsequent adoption. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I think that when we are going to be talking after the break, we're going to be coming up to a break in about a minute. Okay. We're going to be t I want to talk to you a little bit more about the Ardith and Gail Say Sayers Center that you have there, which is something unique to the cradle. And also, I'd like to speak to you about the other thing that is unique to the cradle, which is your nursery. Yes, it is very unique to the cradle. I'm happy to tell you all about it. Well, great. And so we are here on Motherhood Talk Radio with your guest host, Suzanne Sladek-Wilson, and our co-host, Christy Holly. You're still there, right, Christy? I am still here. <laughs> I've got <laughs> questions when we come back. Oh, great. Yeah, what's very interesting is the Cradle has um, an adoption center that is just for African-American children. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, which is very unique. So that's what we're going to be talking about when we get back. And uh, a, a very famous adoptive pa parent, Gail Sayers, a former Chicago Bear, is the one who is behind it. So right. after the break, we will be talking to licensed clinical social worker, Daniel Rusiniak, from The Cradle. She is an adoption counselor to both birth parents and to prospective adoptive parents.
Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. No more mommy madness. The Sanity Hour is the antidote. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Dunnamall. Monday evenings at 6, 7 central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Join Ann as she guides parents through issues that arise from simply living in our current high-energy, high-pressure culture of perfection and achievement. Moms and dads are bombarded daily. Sign up for this, buy that, enrich your child's life, enhance your child's development, worry about this danger, provide this experience. Ann Dunnamall, Ph.D., is here to help. She's a licensed psychologist in independent practice in Dallas, specializing in women's mental health issues. And her mission here is to help women sort out the guilt and anxiety of the unrealistic demand of motherhood on a daily basis. For more information on her and her books, go to AnnDunnewald.com. That's A-N-N-D-U-N-N-E-W-O-L-D.com. Arming women against the pressures of modern motherhood. Here to give moms balance and expectations. Cutting themselves some slack. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Dunnewald. Monday evenings at 6, 7 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, rebuilding, building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to motherhood talk radio the most powerful voice in women's issues for more information check out the website motherhoodtalkradio.com now let's get back to the show with your hosts sandra back and christy holly Thanks for coming back to Motherhood Talk Radio. It's Suzanne Sladek Wilson and Christy Holly. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we are here with our guest, Dana Rusiniak, licensed clinical social worker and adoption counselor from the Cradle. Um, when we left, we started talking about the Ardith and Gale Center, Sayers Center, say that 10 times fast, <laughs> <laughs> for African American adoption. It really is a quite an innovative program. Can you tell us more about it? Absolutely. The Artis and Gale Sayers Center for African American Adoption, I don't think I could say it ten times fast though, <laughs> um, is something that is very unique to the cradle and it was founded a little over a decade ago. And the, the mission of, um, of this program is really to create awareness um, about the need for families for African American children. Um, the cradle Places close, close to half of the domestic placements we do every year are our African-American and biracial babies. Okay. And we don't have near the amount of families um, that we would like to have for them. So, um, so the Sayer Center, their mission is to promote awareness about the need and also help recruit families to, um, to adopt our African-American children. 
Um, and certainly Gail Sayers and his wife um, are proud adoptive parents and um, wanted to do what they could to help us, um, you know, educate the community about the need. That's great. It's just wonderful. And people may not be aware that Gail Sayers is the one that was profiled in the 70s movies, I'm dating myself majorly here, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Brian's song, Mm -hmm. that he was the one that was in that movie with Brian Piccolo, and that's, it's kind of neat that his legacy has just grown so much over the years, and Gail Sayers' children are also adopted from the cradle, are they not? They are. They are. We're happy to have them as a cradle family. Yes. And um, there's one other person that I had the wonderful opportunity to meet at one of your functions, which is Muhammad Ali. Yes. yes. One of his, his youngest child, I believe, was adopted through the cradle. Isn't that correct? That I'm not 100% sure about, but I do know that he's a huge advocate and proponent for adoption. Yes. Yeah, I think he has adopted children. I'm not sure if through the cradle, but uh, it's, it's great. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to, to speak about was the nursery. Sure. You know, one of the most unique features about the cradle, and there are a lot of them, um, but probably the most unique feature is that the cradle continues to maintain an on-site nursery mm-hmm. to care for our newborns during the transitional period of their time um, of their life, going from their birth family to their adoptive family. Um, and um, when the cradle was founded, the nursery was the most you know, it, it was an important necessity to care for infants during the time because the time between their birth and their placement was a little bit longer than it is today, so there needed to be a place to care for these children. And um, foster families just weren't, it, that wasn't the, the thing that was done back in the day. Um, right. And so, but because the nursery is such an important part of the cradle's history, we've made the commitment to maintain it, um, even though we certainly could use foster families to provide temporary care these days. Um, but the cradle nursery is such a special part of the cradle's history, and people who were adopted from the cradle love to come back and see the nursery um, and, uh, you know, see where they, they spent time in, in this historic building. And so um, the reason it's so important that we need some type of temporary care is many of the um, women who call us who are considering adoption sometimes don't call us until just after they've given birth. And so we need some time to put a plan together, um, and we need a place for the baby to go during that time. Um, And in our state, in Illinois, um, birth mothers are not allowed to make a final decision about adoption until their child is three days old. Um, And for many women, most hospitals, um, if they had a relatively uncomplicated delivery, um, they and their baby are being discharged from the hospital much sooner than that 72 hours. Um, so we need some type of interim or temporary care setting for our babies. It is such a great place, and it is one of those few, if not only, nurseries still in business in when it comes to adoption agencies. Is that not correct? I believe we are the only adoption agency in the country that maintains an on-site nursery. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It, it is, and it's amazing that we've kept it around, and we have three shifts of dedicated, wonderful nurses who've been here a very long time that care for our babies around the clock, and we also have an army of volunteer cuddlers who come in and help um, make sure our babies are getting as much love and attention and um, time being held as, um, as they need. So, wouldn't that be, Christy, wouldn't that be fun to be a cuddler? 
It would be. I was thinking, <laughs> how, how do you guys get the volunteers to come? I mean, how, how do they, how does someone volunteer to do something yeah. like that? Um, absolutely. I think sometimes we even have a waiting list. It's a very popular volunteer opportunity. Um, but certainly, um, some people are already familiar with the Cradle, um, but we certainly um, have the Cradle Foundation, which certainly sends out lots of publications and newsletters and, um, you know, encourages people to volunteer their time um, in different capacities, and volunteering as a cuddler is one of them, um, and it's certainly a very special job um, to be a cuddler at the Cradle. Um, there's many other ways people can volunteer at the Cradle, um, from you know, being involved in our fundraising events that we have a myriad of every year. And also, um, you know, if you're someone who's adopted and have a story to share, being involved in speaking at different things and providing education to other families um, is another way that people can, can be involved and volunteer. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, of birth mothers and, and mm-hmm. the nursery and things like that, for birth mothers, how do you help a woman who is considering placing her child for adoption? Because as Christy was saying, you know, that has to be a, a gut-wrenching decision. I, I truly believe it's the most difficult thing a woman may have to do in her life, most difficult decision she might have to face in her life. Um, I think that, you know, um, the women who are um, considering and are ex- experiencing an unplanned pregnancy and considering adoption um, I think they're brave, and I think they're strong, and, um, you know, we want to provide them as much support as we can. We have a 1-800 number. Um, It's 800-CRADLE-4 that's answered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, where someone who's experiencing an unplanned pregnancy and is considering adoption can call and get information and support and help, um, and if they'd like to, um, they can continue that process by meeting with a counselor um, and, you know, exploring their options further. Yeah. Our, our philosophy around birth parent services really is to provide options counseling to help um, women and men um, who are experiencing um, an untimely pregnancy and are expecting um, to consider all their, their options in front of them, including parenting, um, so that if they do choose adoption, it is, we know that they've really thought through and explored their options and, and want them to feel that it's absolutely the right decision and the best decision for them. That's great. I, I have a quick question. Does the cradle provide um, counseling, like, after the baby is born to the, the parents? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that because I think that um, the focus goes from the birth mom making her decision to the happy adoptive family um, that's been created, and that is wonderful, but the birth parents do need support and help after they've made a plan for adoption. Um, and the cradle does, absolutely. Um, their counselor continues to be there for them and provide them um, with support um, for months after a placement. Um, and many of the counselors have been here for a very long time, and clients even call back sometimes years later. Um, and the cradle, one of the other things that's, that's unique to us is that we have an entire department of post-adoption services. So... Um, even a woman who placed, you know, 10 years ago, if she wanted to call back and get some support or, or have some counseling, she can contact us and, and have services. And does that cost anything, or is that through insurance? Or um, There are some fees associated with post-adoption counseling, but the counseling that's done by the birth parent staff um, in the immediate 
um, time of decision-making. All those services are free to birth parents. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. they also have, which I thought was really neat, I heard that you had a birth mother tea. <laughs> Our birth mother's brunch, I think you're referring yeah. to. Yes. Yes, every May, many people don't know this, the day before Mother's Day, it is a national day, um, National Birth Mother's Day. Um, so the Saturday before Mother's Day is the day to acknowledge birth mothers. And every year we host a, a, a brunch or a luncheon for them um, at the cradle. And, and birth mothers who are not cradle clients can come. Every, many, anyone one is welcome um, who's a birth mom. And it's really a time to honor and celebrate them, let them come together with other birth parents and have support from each other. Um, remember their child. Um, feel connected. Um, you know, and, and, and get support. So I have to tell a, you, that is making me cry right now. It is one of, it <laughs> is, I've been to it year, for many years now, and it, I, I never don't cry. <laughs> I always <laughs> cry every year um, because it's beautiful to hear the women share their stories and meet each other and get support, and um, they're truly a, a group of amazing women. Well, that's what makes the cradle such an amazing place because it's not just about the, the once the child is placed, but there's so much support, you know, for the whole circle. Exactly, exactly, including the adopted child as they grow up, if they have needs um, and want to, to come back for some post-adoption support, they're always welcome to. And the cradle um, was involved in founding Adoption Learning Partners, which is a great resource online for um, current adoptive families, for prospective adoptive parents, and for adoption professionals to take classes um, and, you know, just learn about different topics that, um, that would be relevant and helpful um, for people at various points in, in their adoption journey. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that'd be great. And what we'd like to do is maybe talk to you after the break a little bit about um, if you are just in, in Illinois, if you're available in other places, mm-hmm. we'd also like to talk to you a little bit. I have a friend, Kim, who asked me to ask you guys a question for as she is one of those from, you know, 30 odd years ago that was adopted <laughs> and um, yeah. was wondering how, what kind of resources are available for her. So come back to us after the break. Suzanne Sladek wilson your guest host for Motherhood Talk Radio today, along with co-host Christy Holly. We are going to hear lots more when we get back. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these as our loved ones get older sometimes we fear the worst such as a fall or symptoms of a heart attack or stroke while they're home alone and away from the telephone don't torture yourself 
Because now, there's True Med Alert. Unlike other emergency response medical pendants, a True Med Alert pendant has both a microphone and speaker built in, so it can be used inside or outside of their home as far as 600 feet away. Your loved one can talk to and hear from an EMT, not just a call screener, but a real emergency medical technician, giving them the information they need to hear while help is being dispatched, so they get vital first aid instructions immediately, and they're never alone. Give them back their independence and give yourself peace of mind with a medical alert pendant from TrueMedAlert.com. That's T-R-U-E-M-E-D-Alert.com. Or call 877-755-1370. Because at TrueMedAlert.com, we hear you loud and clear. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com. Tom was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Welcome back, moms. We're so glad you're with us. Suzanne Sladek-Wilson, your guest host for today, and our co-host, Christy Holly, who's dabbing her eyes as we speak. That's right, that's right, I'm still crying. <laughs> After talking with our, our guest today, which is Dana Rusiniak from The Cradle, she is an adoption counselor. So during the break, Christy, do you want to tell, ask your question? I do. Dana, I was wondering, I mean, just because I'm just sitting here so emotional just by, you know, some of the things that you've, we've talked about, I want to know how you deal with how you deal with all this because it can be so sad and it's such a happy thing for, you know, the parents that are getting the baby, but the person, you know, the mom that's, you know, giving her baby up for adoption, it it can be so, so, so sad and so upsetting. I want to know how you deal with that. Like, yeah, I I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you asking that. It it is, um, um, this work takes a lot of heart and, um, Adoption is bittersweet, and there's joy and there's sorrow, and we probably feel that, all of that every day um, in working with, with our birth families and our adoptive families. And um, we luckily have a fantastic staff <laughs> who we support each other. We support each other, and I have a fantastic family, I have to say, that, that, um, that helps because, um, you know, it, it, is, it is hard and it is sad. Um, but I think I, I continue to be inspired because year after year I continue to see the right birth family choosing the right adoptive family and wonderful adoptions and wonderful open adoptions. It truly is really inspiring. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh. 
<laughs> I am just blown away over here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing organization. It really is. And the, the cradle, though, is only in Evanston. Is that correct? It is. We, we are only licensed in the state of Illinois as a child welfare agency. So primarily the clients we serve are, even in the Chicago land area, the counties surrounding Chicago. Um, and, but there are times, there are occasions where we serve birth families who live in other states. Okay. Um, and so certainly um, our 800 number and our website is accessible to women who live in other states, and we can, um, you know, facilitate an adoption um, in that way. But in terms of adoptive families, we primarily can only work with them in Illinois because we have to be able to license them, and right. we're only licensed here. So, um, but, they, but, but they can call you and find out where their local agency might be. Absolutely. We're lucky that we certainly have a wealth of knowledge in, with the adoption community and can hopefully identify and, and recommend a, um, a wonderful resource in their community for them to work with. That's so great. And I was just wondering, like I said, I have this friend of mine, and she's struggling right now to try to find information about her birth family. As you said, that can be tricky for people in our age range. Mm -hmm. Is there anything available for her through the cradle or or through other resources? Sure. I mean, I think this is a very relevant thing to talk about. I think many people who are adopted um, and are now adults... um, you know, part of the reason we do open adoption is because many people who are adopted have questions. Yeah. Um, not that they want to replace their adoptive parents, but they just have questions they want to have answered. And that's something that's important. And so many will seek out and search for um, their biological parents or to find out if they have biological siblings, which many times they do. And um, it's a very personal decision to make. Not everyone feels the need to search or to have contact. Um, but for those that do, um, it can be hard because there are, there's a, a lot. It's confusing, and you don't know where to start, and, um, and it can be overwhelming, and you have lots of feelings about it. So certainly, um, whether or not Kim was adopted from the cradle, she can call us and learn more about, um, you know, what her options are, um, mm-hmm. especially if she was in the state of Illinois. In Illinois, we have something called a mutual consent registry. So if someone knows their adoption took place in our state, um, they can um, register with the Mutual Consent Registry through the Department of Public Health. And um, if the other party is also registered, um, they can exchange their information. Okay. Um, Illinois also has something called a Confidential Intermediary Service, which will help with search um, for those who maybe have limited information about their biological relatives um, that weren't adopted through an agency like the Cradle that they could go back to. Um, and I would venture to guess that most states probably have similar um, processes to help people, um, you know, learn and connect. Um, the cradle, for those who were adopted through the cradle, um, we can provide support, counseling. Um, we can provide their non-identifying social and medical history. And we can also provide services to help them connect, um, including searching and re- reuniting, um, reuniting families. Um, and more and more states these days are enacting laws to allow individuals who are adopted to obtain copies of their original birth certificates. So that's something people should look into in whatever state they're living in if that's something that's an option for them. Oh, for sure. 
For sure. Mm-hmm. Christy, Christy, was there anything else that you wanted to ask? Or? Well, I was, I was wondering, like, do you guys take, well, first of all, do you, the babies that come in, if there's, like, I don't want to, how do I say this? Not something wrong with them, but do A you medical take issue? All, all the kids, you know, if, you know, with medical problems too, or, you know, what ages do you take kids? Is it just babies or is it, you know, children? Yeah. I mean, what ages can come in? That's, that's a really good question um, because the cradle is um, pretty specific in the work that we do. We primarily are an infant adoption agency domestically. Okay. So most of the time our babies are newborns or just a few months old. Um, we can work with birth parents where their children are up to the age of two and facilitate an adoption for, for a young toddler. Um, but older than that, we would recommend that they work with an agency that um, really specializes in doing that type of um, transition for an older child in terms of adoption. And for children with, many of our babies have various medical risk factors in their backgrounds, whether it's, um, you know, family medical history related things or if a, a baby was exposed to alcohol during some part of the pregnancy. Those are things we contend with on a daily basis. Um, and on occasion, we will have babies that have more medically complex special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can care for them in our nursery, we will work with that birth family to identify a fam- an adoptive parent um, or adoptive family prepared for that child. Um, and, you know, we'll network all over the country to find a family prepared for, um, for a child with special needs. Very good. Do you do you find that you have a shortage of babies? That there's more adoptive parents than than babies, or more babies than adoptive parents? Yeah, yeah. We certainly have many more waiting adoptive families than we do have babies that we're placing, um, and so families are waiting a bit um, so to adopt. Like a, waiting, like a little waiting list after they pass all their background stuff because yeah. they did that before, right? Yeah. So after their home study process, which is all that paperwork and all those classes and background checks, mm-hmm. um, they create a profile, which is really a letter with pictures about themselves, about why they want to adopt, that birth parents would look at, and then they go into our waiting pool of families. And I, I kind of call it a pool of families because birth parents are choosing and they won't know if they're choosing someone who's been waiting longer than another. Right. So, um, so that factors into um, how long a family might wait. Um, but we do, in fact, have a waiting list of adoptive, adoptive families. And also, do you, is it, does it have to be like a, can it be a single person? Can a single person adopt a child or does it Absolutely. have to be a married couple? Nope. The cradle works with all couples and singles of all backgrounds. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're always happy to work with singles as well. Um, but the major, I would say the majority of our clients are, are married couples who struggled with infertility um, but still want to be parents and um, are going to adoption to grow their family. So. Very good. I'm like, I think that concludes my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the one thing that was real interesting was the Cradle actually had a webinar coming up that I thought was interesting. I saw it posted. It was called, Is That My Mom on Facebook? Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, it's very relevant, actually, to those who might be searching with today's technology and, um, and all of the tools we have at our fingertips on the computer to try and locate biological relatives. Um, so it's actually coming up on September 15th at 7 p.m. Central Time, and it is a webinar on adoptionlearningpartners.org. 
okay. um, which is accessible to anyone, anywhere. Um, you do not have to be a Cradle client to access Adoption Learning Partners. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful resource of, of information, and that webinar in particular, I think, is very timely and um, very relevant and important to those who may be beginning a search or in the midst of a search. Well, I know, like, I am so curious. I mean, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm curious about my husband's biological yeah. family, you know, his mom and sure. dad, but he's, he's not, so I don't, I don't know if I would, how much in trouble I would get in <laughs> if I checked yeah. that out, but, I, you know. There probably are laws that would prohibit you from seeking oh. that out while your husband <laughs> is still living, um, but... But I can imagine that you have curiosity, and some and that's totally normal. And, and some adopted individuals really feel the need to search and, and have answers to their questions, and others don't. And others may feel it at different points in their lives. So um, I believe in post-adoption. We had a 70-year-old man contact us um, for information about his birth family, and, and he waited till he was 70 before he, wow. you know, um, was ready to do that. But, um, you know, um, at, at people experience that at different points in their lives. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. I think, I know I've learned a lot. How about you, Christy? <laughs> oh, totally. I, yes, this has been great. This has been so great. So oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah, Dana, thank you so Dana. much for taking time. And I know she stayed late after work to be able to talk <laughs> with us. Thank you, Dana. Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. I'm always happy to help inform others about adoption and, and, and the organization I work for, The Cradle. So, well, thank, thank you. you again. It has, you know, you've been an absolutely terrific guest. And Dana Rosiniak, she's a licensed clinical social worker from The Cradle Adoption Agency in Evanston, Illinois. If you would like to reach The Cradle, you can reach them through www.cradle.org, or you can even find them on Facebook. So thank you so much to my co-host, Christy Holly. For a fantastic show. Have a wonderful week, everyone. And moms, make sure that you are good to yourselves. Good job. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com.